Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. So you want your charity to succeed. It's no secret that combining online and offline techniques is the key to modern-day fundraising success, and practical advice is what you need. The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart is the perfect place to learn from experts around the world who, along with our host, provide advice you can use. Ted Hart is without a doubt one of the foremost nonprofit thought leaders. Also a successful author, his books cover a broad range of topics from major gift fundraising to use of social media and how to succeed online. Ted lectures around the world, but now he's here for you. From the latest in charity news, technology, fundraising, and social networking, Ted and his guests help you maneuver through this economic downturn in the charitable sector to greater levels of efficiency and fundraising success. Remember, this is a live call-in show. Become part of the show by adding your voice. Call now at 347-324-3080. After the show, you can find all our podcasts at tedhart.com. Just click on radio links. Don't forget to dial 347-324-3080. Now, welcome the host of The Nonprofit Coach, Ted Hart. And welcome back here to The Nonprofit Coach. I hope that uh, everyone here in the Northern Hemisphere had a wonderful summer holiday uh, break. Uh, We have been on summer hiatus uh, since June. We are now back with a full schedule of The Nonprofit Coach going uh, into the, uh, the fall here. Uh, today's show is a very exciting uh, opportunity for us uh, to learn all about branding for nonprofit organizations. So stay tuned uh, for Page Two News or Page Two Expert as we uh, follow our Page One News. Now, those of you who are new to the Nonprofit Coach, uh, as you just heard, you can call in to three four seven three two four thirty eighty and ask a question. Uh, we're also over in the chat room. If you would like to join us over in the uh, the chat room today, uh, you can ask questions over in the chat room. You can also email me at tedhart at tedhart.com if you're a little bit shy and just want to be able to ask a question once we get to uh, page two uh, expert. But we always start with page one news, and we're going to get started right away because we've got a very full show for you today. <laughs> Now, we always provide for you here on the Nonprofit Coach the links that we use here on the show uh, so that you can follow along, particularly with uh, some of the more complicated topics or when I'm sharing with you an article. You can find those at tedhart.com. Just click on radio links, and that will take you to not only today's show, but all of the archives of the prior Nonprofit Coach shows. Now, we've got a lot of folks because we've been on hiatus for a couple of months, so people have got a lot to say a lot of news out there. Uh, so we're going to get started uh, right away with a dear friend of this show uh, and a very important leader in the nonprofit sector. Uh, we have Ava Aldrich here today uh, with the CFRE Minute. And, uh, Ava, we're going to let you have at least a minute and a half because we've had a couple of months without being able to give us updates of what's going on over at CFRE. Welcome here to the nonprofit coach, Ava Aldrich. Thanks so much, Ted. It's a pleasure to be here. Ava, welcome uh, welcome back. I hope you had a, a wonderful uh, summer break. I did. I got up to uh, uh, Cape Cod, out to Yosemite, and uh, spent time with family and friends. Uh, so it was a wonderful summer. But now we're back in the saddle. Uh, and uh, what do people need to know uh, about this upcoming fall when they're thinking about CFRE? Well, I think one of the things is that, uh, as I mentioned last time uh, I was on your show, Ted, that we conducted a survey of our certificates and um, promised to give some results. And we had a great response with over 22% of our 5,400 certificates uh, letting us know what they thought about CFRE. And one of the things that they really said that they'd like to hear is more communication from us. And so we're acting on that. 
And um, one of the things I'm really pleased to announce, you know, for the first time here on the show, is that we are going to be launching uh, a couple different newsletters, uh, e-newsletters, starting this month at the end of the month. One for all our stakeholders, where they can find the latest updates on CFRE, what's happening. Um, you know what they need to know in terms of application deadlines, where they can see us at conferences, uh, just a variety of things. And we're also going to have a special topic newsletter exclusively for our certificates, where we will take a look at leaders in the nonprofit field and really do some in-depth exploration of you know, what does it mean to be a fundraising leader and how can we really sort of take a look toward the future of the field and think about what we need to do both for our organizations and ourselves um, to be ready for the new uh, opportunities and challenges. Um, well, and, our- and, and so these new newsletters, my, I'm gathering from that uh, a desire to have a, a lot more communication. Um, is that, that's two-way communication? Uh, pe- people have an opportunity to communicate with you and your team, or is this more outbound education? Uh, a combination. Uh, while there will be outbound, there we also are going to have dedicated email addresses because these are e- e-newsletters where people can also then communicate back to us to share their stories um, to so that we can feature them in the newsletter to let us know what they liked, what they would like to see more of. Um, so that way we can really, over time, make these into communications that are very, very responsive to what um, our stakeholders and certificates want and need to know in order to further the field and themselves as professionals. Well, that's terrific. Now, how do folks uh, sign up for these various newsletters? Okay. Um, to sign up, really just start your application for our stakeholder newsletter at uh, CFRE.org. So if you have, have you know, started an application to be a CFRE, you'll be on the list. Um, the, for the, uh, the special certificate newsletter, though, with these in-depth topics, for that you've got to have your CFRE. And we look forward to welcoming more people um, onto that list as you know, they decide that's the next step they want to take with their career. And what's the uh, count right now? How many uh, CFREs are there in the world? Over 5,400. That's incredible. Well, keep up the great work. Uh, We look forward to having Eva Aldrich again back with us uh, next month for the CFRE Minute. Uh, We appreciate you keeping us up to date because certification does matter. It says a lot about those people who voluntarily stand for uh, the certification exam and are willing to put their skills to the test. Welcome here again, Ava Aldrich. Thank you for joining us and bringing us up to date. And, Ted, if I could add just one more thing quickly. Oh, yeah, Um, sure. Go ahead, Ava. We also have started a Facebook presence. You can find us at at Facebook at CFRE International and also on Twitter as well. So oh, that's terrific. Well, that's uh, that, that's great. So everybody make sure you sign up uh, before next month's uh, Nonprofit Coach CFRE Minute with Ava Aldridge. Have a great day, Ava. Thanks so much, Ted. You too. Yep, bye now. Bye. Okay, and uh, again, moving right along here, we've got a very, very full show for you uh, today, and we've got uh, another uh, dear friend of the, uh, of the show, and uh, I, I have the opportunity to congratulate her. We have Penelope Burke here today from Cygnus Applied Research. But before I ask you any questions, uh, Penelope, first of all, welcome back to the Nonprofit Coach. Thanks. Thanks, Ted. It's lovely to be on your show. I'm going to start off by saying congratulations. You have been chosen by our listeners as one of the top ten shows of the Nonprofit Coach of all time, and people vote by listening. We keep track of every listen for live shows and for podcasts, and you are number ten in the top ten. So I'm just going to start off by saying, why are you so darn popular? (laughs) I guess maybe I'm the last person who could answer that question. Why don't you ask me what is the origin of life? That would be easier. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you have an idea of why you're popular. Why are people drawn to you? There's there's something unique and different about the approach that you take, and that's I think part of the reason why people want to continuously uh, listen to your uh, your podcast because. Uh, listening to it more than once, you always get something a little bit new out of the the nuances of your research. Mm. I think maybe it is that everything we say when we publish is research-based. There's a lot of opinion and a lot of great creative opinion out there uh, on the vast subject of fundraising. Uh, And while I may personally have my opinions from time to time, 
I think we've definitely carved out a niche at Cigna Supplied Research, my firm, where we don't say anything that hasn't been researched with a substantial number of donors. And then if there's any doubt about the findings, we put those research findings into, uh, into testing. So we can, uh, when we talk about what we found, uh, fundraisers who are extraordinarily busy and need good information but don't have a lot of time uh, to absorb it can rely on what we say. Um, and that if we suggest, if you go in this direction instead of that direction, you'll raise more money. We want to be confident so that they can be confident that that's, in fact, what will happen. Well, and, and your research is, is, is ongoing. You continue to uh, learn new things um, uh, from the philanthropic uh, community. Um, again, congratulations on being uh, in the top ten in the radio links today uh, and in our newsletter. We are pointing people in the direction of uh, your latest podcast with the Nonprofit Coach uh, radio show, which are only going to up your numbers, so who knows where you'll be the next time uh, we, uh, uh, we do a uh, calculation of the top ten shows. Uh, but before I let you go, um, I w want to ask you to give us one more piece of insight into your latest research. Well, we published um, uh, our current year's Cygnus donor survey in May. 25,000 donors in the United States and Canada participated, so we had a new all-time record for volume of donors. And we were just so intrigued by some of the findings that came out this year. So the Cygnus survey uh, remeasures standard questions year on year, like how much you gave last year, how is your giving going to change this year? But then we also go down some interesting avenues. Uh, and this year we looked in depth at um, monthly giving or EFT programs and whether, uh, whether and how they contribute to fundraising success. And there was absolutely no doubt, which fundraisers can see in their own statistics every month, that people who join um, a, a repeat giving program where their contribution is charged to their credit card or comes off their bank account uh, certainly end up giving more and staying loyal longer. Uh, and those are the two ingredients to high profit in fundraising. But what we had not um, expected to find, and it just emerged through some of the questions we asked donors, is that being in the monthly giving program is not necessarily um, a, a positive stepping stone to making a major gift. And the way fundraising is structured, one would naturally think that if a donor is willing to, to move out of single one-off gifts and join a monthly giving program, then they're on some kind of track towards uh, perhaps being willing to make a major gift at some time. Uh, but it turns out that it's not that they're less uh, responsive. Uh, it, they're just no more likely to offer a major gift if they're in a monthly giving program than if they're other donors giving uh, singly. And we dug further into this issue and found the reason why. And the number one reason seems to be that communication tends to be um, uh, more muted, less frequent um, with monthly gift donors on the mistaken assumption that the reason they join a monthly giving program is so they won't be bothered anymore. And yeah. that's not it. They want a reduction in solicitation and the costs related to those solicitations, and they're very cost conscious uh, of fundraising. So, so donors, those monthly donors, those regular donors, um, are very deliberate in why they've chosen that approach. Extraordinarily uh, there's loyalty, deliberate. but they're looking for you to show that more of their money is going to the bottom line. Very much so, but they also want information on what you're accomplishing with uh, the net profit from their gifts. And that inform uh, so leaving them off the information track or, or thinking mistakenly that they don't want to hear from you uh, keeps them in the monthly giving program, but it doesn't elevate their knowledge and their interest and their excitement about doing more. So uh, as long as fundraisers remember to have a very robust um, uh, and diverse communications uh, approach 
with these donors, um, they're going to be doing what they should be doing in cultivating their interest uh, to a higher level giving. Well, Penelope Burke, the number 10 most popular uh, speaker here on the Nonprofit Coach of All Time, uh, once again giving us insight into the donor's mind, uh, very valuable information. I look forward to having you uh, back on page two uh, sometime in the near future so that we can get more into your research. Penelope Burke, thank you again for joining us here on page That's one. Great. Of the Ted, could I, uh, could I mention one more thing about our next survey? Oh, of course. Yes, please do. Um, we do the Cygnus Donor Survey every year, and it's it's so successful because we partner with not-for-profits who invite their donors to um, to participate in our online survey. So if anyone listening would like to be a partner next year in the survey, they'll get all the results for free in a private webinar with me to discuss the findings. And they can go to our website to sign up at uh, cygresearch.com. That's terrific. And if you'll uh, have someone on your staff send that over to us, uh, we'll make sure that we get that into the P2P fundraising.org newsletter so that all of our listeners Great. will have that uh, uh, handy uh, in the newsletter. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Ted. Thanks again, Penelope. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Back up here on page one news. I told you we've got an awful lot to cover. You'll find over in the radio links today one of the smartest websites uh, uh, today is Mashable.com, and you'll find uh, an article that we've posted today, Five Ways uh, Your Organization Should Use Twitter Hashtags. Now, we have said here on the Nonprofit Coach, Twitter is extremely important. It is not uh, more important than your website. It is not more important than a GuideStar strategy, but nonetheless, it is important, and it is all about the hashtags and understanding and learning how you can effectively use hashtags to build your audience. Read all about it over in the radio links today at tedhart.com. Uh, uh, next up here on the Nonprofit Coach, we have a, another a good friend of ours here on the Nonprofit Coach who's going to give us uh, some insight into next week's show. Next week's show uh, is the uh, AFP Wiley uh, radio show, which once a month we bring to you some of the top authors from the nonprofit sector who have uh, a uh, book with uh, John Wiley and Sons and is part of the AFP Wiley series. Welcome back here, Susan McDermott. Thank you very much, Ted. It's a pleasure. Hey, Susan, always. you are going to give us the announcement of uh, who our big guest is on next week's show. Yes, your big your big guest is uh, Simone Joyeau, um, who is an internationally recognized speaker, author, and consultant. Her book that she's going to be discussing with you is Strategic Fund Development, Building Profitable Relationships That Last. And uh, this is a book that's in its third edition. It's um, pretty well recognized within the nonprofit community, but for anybody new to the community or someone who wants to expand their knowledge base, this is a, a really great resource on uh, on uh, fund development and uh, with a focus more on organizational development um, first and foremost um, as opposed to strictly fundraising and, and how that's the most important uh, the most important baseline to um, to becoming a more effective fundraiser and building a stronger organization that raises more money. Well, I, I can't thank you enough, Susan, for the folks uh, with the AFP Wiley series in choosing Simone's YO to be uh, our guest on the AFP Wiley radio show next week uh, here on the Nonprofit Coach. She is, without a doubt, uh, one of the foremost experts uh, in this topic. But I think specifically this book is a must-have for any uh, successful book collection for anyone who is taking fundraising and board development seriously. Oh, I would I would absolutely agree with that. Uh, it's um, just her reputation is uh, you know is, certainly speaks for itself. But this is a, an amazing reference that should be on anyone's shelf, and you know um, it's available in both in um, in print in print and digital editions. So whichever is your preference, I know a lot of people do a lot of traveling and need to have things at their fingertips. So we have it available in both in both forms. Well, it's terrific, and we encourage everyone, of course, to go to Wiley.com to uh, buy this book either before. Uh, next week's show or along with next week's show uh, so that you can uh, really get the most out of this uh, uh, this book. And, and again, uh, to remind everyone that you will have the opportunity, uh, thanks to Susan McDermott's uh, work at AFP Wiley, uh, that uh, you will have a chance to talk to Simone Zwayo here live on the Nonprofit Coach next week. Susan, uh, we'll talk to you again next month. Thank you so much, Ted. Take it All easy. Right. Welcome Take back care. from 
All right, we are back here on page one. I know we've got an awful lot uh, going on here, but it is a little bit of catch-up uh, here on uh, the uh, nonprofit coach due to the fact that we were on uh, summer hiatus. And so because of that, I'm just going to uh, give everybody a little bit of a reminder. Remember, our podcasts and archives are always available 24 hours a day at tedhart.com. Click on radio links. If you're listening live today, the phone lines are open. Call in and ask a question by dialing 347-324-3080. Now, back to The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart. We are back here on The Nonprofit Coach. We have an opportunity uh, to uh, share with you uh, an important uh, training session, an important conference that's uh, coming up uh, here in the Washington, D.C. area. There's still time for all of our listeners to plan to join us. I believe that we have uh, Carolyn McLaughlin, uh, the Director of Corporate Communications at Blackbot, here live on the Nonprofit Coach. Is that you, Carolyn? I am right here, and thank you for inviting me on the show, Ted. Hey, Carolyn, it's great to have you here on the show. BBCon is one of uh, the uh, best conferences in the nonprofit sector, and you're going to be live with that show in Washington, D.C., September 30th through October 2nd. Tell us what makes uh, BBCon special. Well, what makes it special, Ted, is the fact that you have an opportunity to network with so many different people, um, certainly your, your nonprofit professional peers, also industry experts, and then certainly the entire BlackBot team. So it's a great opportunity for people to come together, learn a lot through our expert labs, um, get, as Ava was talking about, CR, CFRE and also CPE credits, uh, and just you know, kind of learn from each other on best practices and how to take all that knowledge and go back home and uh, implement that to the success of your organization. Well, and uh, we've got something special that we're going to that we're announcing today, I guess, together, uh, and that is uh, we have a special edition of the uh, the Nonprofit Coach Radio Show that's going to be taking place on October 1st. Uh, so, Carolyn, I'm just going to uh, give all of our listeners an opportunity to have a rundown of uh, the upcoming shows here on the Nonprofit Coach, and we'll lead that right up to the special edition of uh, the BBCon, at BBCon. Now, you just heard here from uh, uh, Susan McDermott at AFP Wiley uh, that uh, we have Simone Joyeau, uh as our guest expert uh, next week on the Nonprofit Coach uh, radio show. Now, uh, uh, Carolyn, over on uh, September 25th, that is our special monthly, The Green Show, a partnership with GreenNonprofits.org, and Barbara Wiseman will be with us uh, talking about how nonprofits can go green. That brings us right up to the next show, which is a very special edition of the Nonprofit Coach, a 90-minute show that starts at 11.30 a.m., so we ask everyone to uh, note their calendars. On October 1st, we are going to be live at BBCon with the Nonprofit Coach. Now, how does that work? Well, we're going to have uh, the opportunity, Ted, for you to feature different people on the show uh, that are attending BBCon. You're going to be in the company of about 2,200 attendees, so broadcasting live from uh, all those folks there that will be you know, listening in and also have a chance to uh, just get some of the highlights from BBCon and be able to share that with all the listeners. Well, this is a special uh, edition. This is a Monday edition of the Nonprofit Coach. So uh, just for everyone to get your pencils out, lots of things are changing for that show. It's a Monday. It starts at 11.30, not noon, uh, and we will be live at BBCon. I think that's quite exciting. Uh, now, for uh, all of you who are uh, used to the regular Tuesday at 12 noon uh, Eastern shows of the Nonprofit Coach, that week and that week only, we will have two back-to-back shows. We'll be live at BBCon on October 1st, and then here on the Nonprofit Coach on October 2nd, Linda Lysakowski will be with us to talk about successful capital campaigns. Uh, so that uh, brings us up to uh, October. Uh, we have uh, a lot of other shows already scheduled, and I urge all of our listeners to check out tedhart.com. Uh, click on radio links, and you'll be able to get the entire schedule. I think we've posted that through almost to November uh, for the show. So, Carolyn, uh, this is a, a very uh, important uh, conference. Uh, there's still room for people to register? There is still room. Um, if you are interested, I would quickly ask you to uh, go to the bbconference.com website, and you can find out more details about the agenda, all of the 160-plus breakout sessions, uh, and you can definitely register right online. And uh, what, what is that website, again, that uh, folks need to go to if they want to register right away? www.bbconference.com. Terrific. 
So uh, make sure that you go to www.bbconference.com. Register for BBCon. It's in Washington, D.C. at the National Harbor, September 30th through October 2nd. And please, please, when you register, uh, put on your calendar and make sure that you stop by the special booth that they're creating uh, for the Nonprofit Coach Radio Show. We will be live on October 1st at BBCon at 1130 a.m., Eastern. So if you're not going to be in D.C., make sure that you plan to listen. We're going to have a lot of experts right from the floor of BBCon. Uh, and, uh, again, Carolyn McLaughlin, thank you so much for joining us here on the Nonprofit Coach to give us a heads up on what's going to be happening for BBCon 2012. Thank you very much, Ted. And we are back here on uh, Page One News. Yeah, we're still on Page One News, uh, but we've got uh, a very important topic that I still want to uh, uh, get a chance to talk to you about, a couple of uh, links uh, that uh, you'll find over in the radio links today. One is a, a series. I know a lot of our listeners, uh, nonprofit organizations, small organizations, still use QuickBooks, uh, and that's a very important uh, way for you to keep track of all of your finances. Uh, we're pleased to share with you in the radio links today over from TechSoup.org. They have a series, a training series, that's actually going on the road. Um, so there's an opportunity for you to learn uh, live in Seattle, Charlotte, Raleigh, North Carolina, Wilmington, North Carolina, uh, Denver, Colorado, and San Francisco, California. Uh, so in the radio links, you'll be able to find out how you can connect directly with experts, QuickBooks Made Easy, uh, series uh, City Near You. Find that over in the radio links today uh, at tedhart.com. Uh, uh, finally, up here, before we get to uh, page two uh, expert uh, today, I want to uh, uh, make special note. Uh, in our newsletter today, you will see an article that I wrote just following September 11th talking about um, what was changing in the nonprofit sector uh, at that time. And an awful lot has changed. We are now today uh, making note of September 11th, a, a day uh, in history here uh, in the United States and hitting people around the world um, in very important ways uh, for um, uh, 11 years later. Uh, today here on the Nonprofit Coach, we have David Payne, who is the president and co-founder of 9-11 Observance Day. Uh, I want to welcome here to uh, the Nonprofit Coach, David Payne. David, welcome to the Nonprofit Coach. Is that uh, David? I'm sorry if I don't have uh, the right... Uh, uh, David, are you here? Okay, well, uh, we may not have David on the switchboard right now. Our, our crack team uh, will uh, see if we can uh, get David in here, but nonetheless... Uh, David had planned on joining us today here on the Nonprofit Coach, and let me just share a little bit about his organization. Uh, we have provided you a link over in the radio links uh, to 9-11 Day. It's an international nonprofit movement to observe September 11 every year as a day of charitable service and doing good deeds, which I think is really amazing to have such an act of violence uh, and evil here uh, inflicted on the United States uh, to now be turned into something good, to uh, create an observance uh, that is uh, positive, to remind us of those people and the important work that they did, the lives and loves that uh, they left behind, um, are not forgotten. So today millions participate uh, in the 9-11 observances uh, in their own way. Uh, the 9-11 Day Observance is one of the largest charitable service and volunteer initiatives ever created. Since 2011 or 2002, sorry, the year after uh, the tragic events in New York, D.C. and Pennsylvania, uh, more than one million people in all 50 states and 165 countries around the world have visited the 911day.org website. With many adopting causes, signing up to volunteer, donating to charities, or just posting personal good uh, deeds that they have done uh, in honor of those who lost their lives and. I think, uh, in honor of those who have fought to keep us safe here in the United States for these 11 years following. So I'm just going to check back and see if uh, uh, we do have uh, David uh, uh, on the switchboard. I, I thought that was, uh, that was David here on the, uh, the switchboard. Is that uh, David Payne? Are you here with us on the Nonprofit Coach? David? No, I don't think uh, we have David. So I'm just going to ask all of our listeners uh, to please take a moment of silence to remember those who lost their lives today, uh, September 11, 11 years ago, uh, but also to please have in your mind and in your hearts those who have lost their lives in the wars that followed and those who uh, have come home but have not come home whole. 
I want to thank you all for uh, providing uh, and sharing that moment of, of silence. I hope that you do uh, take those small moments with your family, with your loved ones uh, today to make note of uh, just how important it is that we not forget those uh, who gave their lives and those who continue to fight uh, for our freedom. Uh, with that, we wrap up our page one news. Uh, we're going to move right on over to page two. Now, Larry Checo is our guest here on the uh, Nonprofit Coach for page two. He's the president of Checo Communications, a nationally sought-after speaker on branding and leadership. It's actually really quite a coup for us to have him again here on the Nonprofit Coach. He has been our guest in the past and was so popular, uh, we wanted to make sure that we brought him back. Uh, he serves as a consultant to both large and small organizations, companies, foundations, and governmental agencies. In addition, uh, he conducts courses and workshops and is a faculty member at Neighborhood Works Training Institute, an adjunct of Southern New Hampshire University. Uh, his books have been extremely well-received, are very, very popular, and his new book that we want to talk uh, about today, most recent book, is AHA, a Moments in, uh, Moments in Brand Management. Uh, we have as our expert here on page two today, Larry Checa. Welcome, welcome back here, Larry, to the Nonprofit Coach. Hi, Ted. Pleased to be back. Larry, you have such an important topic, and it's one that every single one of our listeners uh, feels challenged uh, in, uh, in that uh, they understand that brand uh, matters, or they, they hope that they understand that they can make a difference. Uh, why does brand management matter in the first place? Well, brand management is, um, let me just start off by saying this. I wrote the book out of sheer frustration. Uh, I've seen a lot of organizations and institutions managed poorly when it comes to brands. And that includes nonprofits, uh, for-profits, major corporations, government agencies, even our religious institutions. Uh, and perhaps in this election year we can certainly add politicians to that list. Um, they don't really understand what it means to create and manage a brand well. And if you don't get it, you're going to lose it. And I think that's uh, one of the reasons I wrote this book is I wanted to point out some common sense ways that you can strengthen and make your brand more healthy uh, to the people that you're trying to reach. Now, how, how do nonprofit organizations understand or know if they even have a brand? Oh, everybody has a brand. To, everybody so what does that mean, to have a brand? Uh, it means that people – a brand is basically your reputation, who you are and what you do, how you do it, and most importantly, why anybody should care. Um, you have a brand, Ted. Uh, hopefully it's a good one. I think it's a very good one, actually. Okay. Uh, but it's a, it's a um, it's people, when somebody says Ted Hart, what do they think of? And that's your brand. And there are organizations that control their brand with good messaging, and there are organizations that are not so good at that, where they allow other people to control the brand and define who they are, what they do how they do it, and why anybody should care about them. I, I think that's an important concept that you just brought up, and I, and I want to ask you to delve into that uh, a little bit deeper, uh, that uh, you can either control your brand or others control your brand. What, what's the difference between that? Uh, you controlling your brand is meaning you have that understanding. of, and you, I, I repeat that this is my mantra, so excuse me for saying it again and again, but you control who you are, what you do, how you do it, and why anybody should care. And you do that through messaging, you do that through actions, uh, you do that through lots of things, lots of things, um, including your marketing and advertising. But what I, but I like to say, and I think this is where the great confusion lies, Ted, I think a lot of people put all their branding eggs in the marketing, advertising, and public relations basket, and that's not a good strategy. Well, but, but I, before you get into the answer, because I, I happen to agree with you, um, aren't they the same? Don't most people think that, that they are the same? Marketing and advertising and branding are the same? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, think, think I think that's the confusion. I think that's where the confusion lies. Um, because I think people think when they do their marketing and advertising, they've done their branding. And in my, and now there are other experts who would tell you differently, I'm sure. But in my way of thinking, um, your brand 
your brand is far more dependent upon quality leadership and staff, accountable and ethical behavior. Imagine that in this day and age, huh? And an organization's willingness, ability, and commitment to live up to what it says about itself. And if you don't have those three components as part of your brand, I don't care how much marketing and advertising and public relations you do or spend your money on, it's not going to succeed. Um, you're only setting expectations through your marketing and advertising. Uh, it's how you fulfill those expectations that make all the difference. And if you don't do it through quality leadership and staff and good behavior and living up to what you say about yourself, um, your brand is going to be controlled by others and not a good strategy. How do you even know if your brand is being controlled by someone else? I mean, isn't, isn't there uh, some baseline of connecting to your own brand or understanding what's happening in the marketplace? And, and if, if you're not an expert like Larry Checo, how do you do that? Three words. Do the research. And what I mean by that is, and this is where a lot of organizations fail, uh, they're always shooting at the hip. They think, they assume that people know who they are and what they do. Rather than going out there and doing the research and finding out, well, what do you think of us? How are we fulfilling the expectations that we've set about ourselves? Uh, why do you feel we're important uh, to you or to your community? And that way is a very excellent way. That's why I was interested in what Penelope was saying in, on your page one, you know, the research that she's doing. And one of the interesting things, and I took this as a note as she was speaking, actually, is uh, the fact that a lot of people who do these monthly um, donations, automatic donations, they want information, you know, and uh, it's up to the organization to provide that. That information actually equates to accountability and responsibility and good brand messaging. This is You, you have a perfect opportunity here now uh, in this case. Don't just let these people hang out there and, and, you know, give you their money automatically without providing them the information that defines your brand. And you are showing demonstrating, which is the best thing to do, rather than marketing and advertising, demonstration is far better. You're demonstrating your accountability and responsibility to their money. And that's a very important lesson for people today because, as I like to say, there, all right, everybody believes that there's no money out there. And, and, and I hate to say this, but I'll say it anyway. I don't care if it's a Republican or Democratic uh, budget that's going to come down the next couple of years. Uh, lots of social programs are going to get whacked. There's just no question about it. It's, they, they can't reduce the deficit without paring back on expenses. And the first that are going to go, of course, are, are social services. If you're dependent, if your organization is dependent on government funding, I would say take a good, strong look at increasing your brand and getting messages out to other revenue streams because I think you're going to take, if not a big hit, you'll, you're going to take some hit uh, over the next few years. And um, it's going to be very important that people know who you are, they know what you do, they know how you do it, and they know why they should care. And uh, that's the definition of a good brand. Well, that's, I think that's a, that's a very important uh, advice. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit more um, about your book, AHA, uh, Moments in uh, Brand Management, because you, you make some very important points uh, in this uh, book. And, and one of the first things that, that, that I think you try to get across here is that customer relations, these are your heroes. You actually, um, and you got to talk to me about this, retitle your receptionist to be director of first brand impressions. Uh -huh. um, and I don't think you mean that literally, but I think you're trying to get a point across at the importance of answering the phone. I do mean it literally, quite frankly. Oh, you do? Okay. Absolutely. Uh, these people... Um, when I call an organization, and I call hundreds of organizations over the course of a year, when I call an organization, the person who answers the phone is usually not the executive director or the board chair. The person who answers the phone most likely, and I'm, I'm generalizing here, but most likely is a support person, um, probably not paid uh, the highest salary in the organization, uh, may not be invited to the most meetings uh, or probably doesn't get a chance to attend many conferences and get that free lunch or free room. Uh, instead, they are, when you, when you think of it, 
they are where the rubber hits the road when it turns comes to branding. Because when I call, if that person is not alert, is not in, does not give me the information that I need, puts me on interminable hold, um, sends me off in different directions. How many times have you uh, called an organization and, and had to go through like four or five different extensions before and maybe you never even got to the person that you want that's not and 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 generally from your view that's the fault of the organization not providing appropriate training not positioning that person to really be that first brand impression person there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, factors that go into this number one you have to make sure that you have the right person in the right position uh for example you don't put an introvert uh in the uh, your front desk, answering your phones and greeting people. You want an outgoing person who likes to chat, who's friendly, who smiles maybe even. How about that? Um, you know, And you also want to make sure as the leader of your organization or as a manager of your organization that you have told this person what role they play in helping you achieve your mission. In other words, uh, I hire somebody and I say to them, oh, well, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate having you here. Um, here's your desk and here's the phone and, you know, good luck. And good luck, right, right. Yeah. In contrast to somebody who says, hi, we really appreciate you being here and joining our, 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 our organization. Uh, let me tell you, let me tell you how important you are. When somebody when calls our organization, you are the first person that they're probably going to speak with, and you are going to set the tone for them and how they feel about us. You are so important. You are one of our heroes in achieving our mission. Because I will guarantee you, Ted, at um, Friday night at 5 o'clock, and you've got an important document to get out, and your support staff person is responsible for putting ink and paper in the uh paper in the printer and it's not there at five o'clock on friday i will tell you the most important person in your organization at that moment is not your executive director or board chair. <laughs> right the most it important needs to be done and done and 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 done right and done uh, we've right. got uh, we do have uh, an email question i'm just going to uh, uh larry with uh, your permission here i'm just going to uh, uh, share a quick reminder and then we do have a support message uh, that I'm eager to share with our listeners, and then we will be uh, right back uh, here on page two. Remember, our podcasts and archives are always available 24 hours a day at tedhart.com. Click on radio links. If you're listening live today, the phone lines are open. Call in and ask a question by dialing 347-324-3080. Now, back to The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart. And we're back here with a very special message from our good friends at Fund Coaches. I want to talk to you about a new and exciting enterprise that's poised to make a definitive impact in the philanthropic marketplace, and that is Fund Coaches. And I am very pleased that some of my best training is now available at fundcoaches.com. It's the only premier online fundraising institute to exist today, and Fund Coaches helps fund uh, raising professionals and lay nonprofit leaders on your board of directors and elsewhere within your organization uh, to improve your fundraising efforts. You have to try fundraising coaches to see what you're missing. Now, each of the training modules are short and easy to, uh, uh, to digest. Uh, fund coaches uh, modules are taught by some of the top experts uh, in the field. As a matter of fact, not only am I on uh, fundcoaches.com with some of my best training, uh, but Simone Joyeau, uh, who is our guest on page two for the Nonprofit Coach next week, is also over on FunCoaches.com. Uh, all the Fun Coaches modules are very affordable, and that was important to all of us uh, who got involved uh, with this uh, project. If that wasn't enough, uh, the good folks over at Fun Coaches are giving listeners uh, here of the Nonprofit Coach Radio Show a 50% discount just for uh, trying Fund Coaches. And there's lots and lots of trainers uh, on fundcoaches.com that you can uh, trial, and now you get 50% off uh, to just give it a try. Now, here, grab a pen uh, because you're going to need this discount code. This is a very special discount code, uh, and that is an N as in Nancy, L Larry, S Sam, B as in boy, I N as in Nancy, U P. Now, if, if you weren't able to uh, get N L S 
B-I-N-U-P. Uh, you can find that over in the radio links because the good folks at Fun Coaches have an advertisement in our current newsletter, and that's available at tedhart.com. Uh, click on newsletter, uh, and uh, you will be able to uh, find that discount code. So bottom line is make sure you check out funcoaches.com and get the 50% off uh, code N-L-S-B-I-N-U-P. Uh, and we're going to head right back over to Larry Checo uh, giving us all the latest updates and information on how you can succeed, uh, succeed with branding. Now, Larry, we're back uh, live here. Your book uh, that we're uh, talking about today is AHA, Moments in Brand Management, uh, and, I, and I, I don't know if uh, Amy has a copy of, uh, of that or if she's just uh, reading from your script, but I think it is an important question. We have uh, Amy has emailed in uh, from Seattle, and she's uh, asking about your concept of putting the right personality in the job. Oh, that's essential. That is essential because uh, you want to. You don't want to set people up for failure. Uh, now, now let's let's back up here uh, for to Amy's question here. Uh, what job is she talking about? I don't know. Is, is she? So is that is that any job or does that relate to how does that relate to brand? Is, so you're saying personality matters in every position? Oh, I think so. I think you always want to put the right person in the right job. I mean, that's why I think it's common sense, and it's one of one of the reasons I have common sense in um, in the title of my book. Uh, I, I think that you you always want to make sure that the person you're putting in any position has the skill set necessary to be successful in that position. Uh, if you're asking somebody to greet people as they come through your door or answer your phones, uh, again, you want somebody who's friendly and kind and smiles and, and likes to likes people, uh, is an extrovert rather than an introvert, um, I think it's essentially important. And um, personality you know, like, is, the, is the concept here that I, that I find so curious and interesting. I'm sorry I, to say that again, uh, Ted. Personality, personality is the concept that I'm interested in exploring with you because obviously I think all of our listeners here try to find the best skill set for a position, uh, but do we always put enough emphasis on personality? To my experience, I don't think so all the time. I can't tell you how many times I've called organizations and uh, the person who's answered the phone, sometimes I feel like I've woken them up. Uh, Sometimes I feel like um, they don't value me as a a caller. Um, This is not good because these these are the things that are setting the first brand impressions of your organization. Do I really want to call this organization again? If they can't get it right at the front desk, what's going on in the rest of the organization? Right, right. So what you're, what you're saying is that, that that first impression is not just about information, but having the right personality sends a message as to who you are. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's it's. Uh, I think we overlook a lot of the uh, no-brainers uh, in, in, in these equations. I think we're all looking for the... Uh, you know the, the the apple at the top of the tree, and we we fail to recognize the low hanging fruit that would improve our organization immensely. I once had somebody tell me um, that for eight years, imagine that eight years, uh, they couldn't understand you know why the tone and temper of the organization wasn't what they wanted it to be, and guess what? They traded they they they. I don't know how how they let her go or him, but uh, it was all at the front desk after eight years. And the fellow, somebody read my book and said, yeah, I, that made sense. We changed the person at the front desk, and guess what? Everything changed. Everything changed. Those people are very, very important. I think we're always looking for the executive directors and the uh, board chairs to solve our problems when the problems can be solved much more easily at the uh, – at the lower levels of the organization, if you get the right people in the right spots with the right personalities, uh, you'd be surprised how the personality of the organization changes. Well, I, I think that's a, such an important topic that, uh, that that you brought up that I just don't think enough people uh, give consideration to. Now, I, I do want to you had you had just sort of alluded to this earlier, and I, I just wanted to give uh, people the full title of your of your book is "Aha: Moments in Brand Management." Common sense insights into a stronger, 
healthier brand. Now, I think most of us probably have a sense of what it means to have a strong brand. I mean, your, your Nike, your 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 Walmart, your Starbucks. I mean, those are those are strong brands. But what does it mean to have a a healthy brand? A healthy brand is one that um, lives up to what it says about itself. And uh, a lot of the organizations that you mentioned um, have strong brand recognition. Uh, the health uh, Nike in particular went through a, a rough spot there for a while uh, when it um, had some uh, labor issues. I think overseas labor issues that were going on. Um, not a good thing. Not a good thing. Um, Starbucks. I think uh, one of the reasons I'll go to Starbucks is because I like the fact that their part-time workers are receiving health care benefits. To me, that's a good brand message, good brand foundation. I want to do business with, with organizations that are doing the right thing, let's put it that way, and that's extraordinary. I just would like to go back, uh, if you don't mind, Ted, to one other thing when we talk about um, employees and uh, and their importance to an organization's brand. And I would like to say that your organization's brand is often a referendum and a reflection on how it treats its people. Uh, I think your worst branding nightmare is a disgruntled worker, and worse than that is a disgruntled workforce. And why do I say that? Because while you as the leader or the managers are going out there and and trying to hype up the brand and how good you are and how everything is hunky-dory with your organization, the people who are working for you, if they're not happy as employees, if they don't feel they're being treated well or treated properly or treated fairly, are going out there in all kinds of venues and snipping at your heels. I mean, you go to a party, what's the first thing somebody asks you? Uh, what do you do? What do you do? Oh, I work for such and such. Oh, you know, how is it working there? Oh, I love my boss, it's, you know, and I love my work, and I love what I do, versus, ugh, you know, I hate getting up in the morning. You're, you're, and that's what I mean by controlling your brand. You know, you have to look at every opportunity to control that brand right down to how you treat your employees because that is going to reflect on how they speak about you in public. And you want to make sure that they're going out there, especially if you're a small small organization in a small community. Um, you know, it's it's word of mouth that's so much more potent than any marketing and advertising that you set out there. Uh, you could spend a million dollars on advertising, uh, but if the word of mouth that's going on about you is not good, I don't care how much money you've spent on your marketing and advertising. Uh, I'm going to listen to the word of mouth. It's a much more powerful form of uh, of information and communication. Now, speaking about uh, word of mouth, and I know you know quite a bit about this, but uh, where where does a social networking fit uh, into an overall brand strategy? And while we're at it, I'll just mention that uh, our listeners can follow this show at Ted Hart, uh, and we already have over 1,800 uh, people who have done that. So um, how does social media fit into a brand management? That's a very interesting question, Ted, because I think it fits in very closely. Um, As I say in my uh, courses, good news travels fast, bad news travels faster. And with all this social networking going on, um, it doesn't take much to set a firestorm. Uh, going. Um, it can either be a good one <laughs> or it could be a bad one. Um, but social networking has speeded up the process of communication exponentially. And you want to make sure that the information that's going out there about your organization is good, positive, and healthy. Uh, I just was reading an article, not, well, I guess within the week, uh, about organizations. I think these were for profit organizations. I wish I had saved it. Uh, talking about. Um, how some information had gotten out um, via Twitter that wasn't very good about this particular organization. And when they found out, they really had to work hard to reverse that messaging that was going out there. And uh, one of the first things that was um, done was to take the messaging that was going on via Twitter to take it offline and make a phone call uh, and, and turn that episode into a personal uh, one-on-one thing rather than to do it publicly by, vis-a-vis Twitter. 
So there's a lot. There's a lot that one has to learn. I think man- maintaining and managing and controlling your brand is far more difficult now, but it would be even far more difficult than that if people don't understand the common sense things that one needs to do to control it. I was listening uh, last night to uh, uh, to the uh, uh, very seasoned reporter Dan Rather was making a point last night that it used to be that you could – Say something in one place, and it would be limited. Or you could you could sort of tailor a message to one group, um, and they may be the only ones who get that that message. But now everything that you say or do is likely to be seen and read any place. Um, so does that make it harder for Absolutely. a brand, or does that make it more universal? Makes it harder, and, and it makes it uh, easier depending on uh, what's being said about you. If what's being said about you is all good and you and you li- do live up to the expectations that you have set, that's another thing about uh, brand, is that you as the organization set expectations, either through your marketing and advertising and telling people who you are or through your actions or whatever. You've got to meet those now. That's That's a big deal. If you do, your brand will stand the test of time. If you don't, it will certainly erode, and that message gets out there too. But to Dan Rather's point, I think he's absolutely right. There is no privacy anymore. Uh, you know, there are no private conversations. Let's put it that way. It's very difficult to have a private conversation in this day and age. Exactly. And and one of one of the the uh, the, the concerns that a lot of charities have about social media is you know what if someone says something mean or says something that's not true. Uh, and the point that I try to make uh, is they're going to say it anyway. The question is whether or not you're able to respond or you know what's being said. That's why you need to be in the game. Yeah, absolutely. But, again, I will I will put a lot of this uh, on leadership. A, a, an organization that is run well, uh, that has a good work environment, that has the right people in the right places, that um, – and one of the things we haven't even talked about and I make a big deal of in my book is the fact that um, a good brand, every good brand is rock, has a rock-solid foundation in trust. I mean, the, the fact that I can trust your brand, trust what you say about yourself, is huge in terms of brand reputation, just a huge factor. Uh, I can't emphasize it enough. Um, for example, when you uh, purchase a high-end let's say an Izod shirt, for lack of a better example, uh, you expect that when you buy that shirt and pay whatever you're going to pay for it, that it's not going to unravel after the first couple of washes. You know, The threads are going to stay there. Um, if that's not the case, am I going to go out and, and buy an Izod shirt again? I don't think so. Uh, so I have to be able to trust the brand. The brand is telling me something, and I have to, you know, I have to listen to it. I have to experience it. And if my experience with the brand, time over time, finds and I find it to be a trusting brand, I will I will continue to be loyal to it. If I find that it's not a trustworthy brand, uh, I will I will not be loyal. Uh, it's not being loyal to me. Why should I reciprocate with loyalty to it? Right, and I and I think most people feel uh, feel the same way. We've only got a couple minutes uh, uh, left here with our expert uh, Larry Checo. Uh, thank you so much for being here. On the nonprofit coach, how can our listeners make sure that they can reach you? Uh, they can reach me uh, the best way, I, I think, uh, well, through my website. But uh, if they just Google my name, Larry Checo, uh, my website comes up plus several pages of other things that I've done, columns that I've written, um, places that I teach, and all the rest of that. So I guess the best, the easiest way is to uh, just Google my name, Larry Checo, C A G C C O. That's uh, that's terrific, and that's a, that's a great way to find you. Next week here on the Nonprofit Coach is Simone Joyo, one of the top leaders in strategic planning and board development. Make sure that you're here with us, 12 noon Eastern, here on uh, the Nonprofit Coach. One of the things that I really like about what you shared uh, today is you weren't talking about spending a lot of money. You were talking about paying attention to things such as how the phone is answered, paying attention to things like social media, uh, and those things don't have to cost a lot of money. You just have to get them right. 
That's exactly right, Ted, because I work with a lot of small nonprofits who don't have a lot of money, and I'm always trying to uh, find ways for them to strengthen their brands and strengthen their image. The other thing we didn't even talk about the whole show is how brand relates to fundraising. And uh, but that's a, we could we could spend a whole show on that. Well, but, let's make sure we get you back here on the nonprofit coach to talk about uh, how branding uh, affects uh, your fundraising. For day we're, for today we are wrapping up this edition of the nonprofit coach. Don't forget uh, that the podcast will be available immediately following this show. So tell all your friends about Larry Checo and nonprofit branding here on The Nonprofit Coach. We'll catch you next week. Larry, again, thank you for joining us here on The Nonprofit Coach. Thank you, Ted. Pleasure. You've been listening to The Nonprofit Coach Radio Show with Ted Hart. Tell all your friends to check out our production schedule and download our iPod and iPad-friendly podcast at tedhart.com. Thanks for listening to The Nonprofit Coach. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.